You are listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of Biting Analysis. This is Moonspeak, Phase 2, Episode 27, Dangerous Silence. Uh, this is Sano. And I'm Amit. Welcome to Moonspeak Phase 2, your source for weekly Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3 discussion and analysis. Uh, this week we're discussing Sailor Moon Crystal 30, which is Act 29, Two New Soldiers. Uh, I didn't want to glimpse anything in the water mirror this week, so um, you miss out on that. Uh, and there's still I'm sure no nobody credits minds. on Google. <laughs> right. Er- <laughs> Wikipedia, whatever. Well, Google can't find them for you either, so... Yeah, they're both useless to me. <laughs> At least for this. Uh, for rough demands, uh, was there anything that rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, Chibi Usagi should have been taught not to keep secrets. Um, have the Skinos not told her uh, about <laughs> how bad secrets are? Secrets are dangerous and can be harmful. Um there's this thing I've learned about since becoming a parent, body safety rules, you need to teach your kid, like, there are certain rules that you follow, we don't keep secrets, surprises are okay, but secrets are bad, basically, because um, that's what a lot of people who like to victimize children use to coerce them. Mm. Oh, this will be our little secret. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely not something... That was probably as popular in the 90s, so Takuchi wouldn't have been as exposed to it. And then, like, I don't know how familiar she is with child development or uh, rearing, so, like, who knows? But that's just definitely something that stuck out to me. Yeah, I think that may be uh, a little closer to being of its time. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, okay, so Hotaru knows her dad is making the diamond um, and just calls him eccentric for it. Uh, this was quite unintentionally funny, especially the, the scene they showed of him in his lab and that, like, crazy smirk he got. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Hotaru, honey, you should probably be a little more worried. <laughs> just ever so slightly about just, the situation that you and your family are in. Like, the, the line reading and everything was just so casual. He's just eccentric, you know? It's just like a... Big deal. Yeah. You know, making monsters in a lab, it happens. <laughs> I mean, but it's for a better world, so I mean, like, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> better says who. <laughs> uh, okay, then the last thing. Um, the fights are all too short. I like how amazingly powerful that makes the senshi look, and they are, but I'd like to see a lot more action. Yeah, uh, for that I would direct you, you know, back towards the old series. Uh, right. This, with the way the pacing is, uh, this is just kind of how the fights are. Which is a shame, because, I mean, I'd love to see more of the girls, you know, being awesome, teaming up, punching <laughs> stuff. Um, but, you know, pacing is as it is. Um, for me, just the way Haruka was phrasing things in the helicopter conversation was super creepy. Like, oh yeah, we know Usagi really well, but, you know, she doesn't know us at all. Um, just something about everything Haruka said in the <laughs> helicopter just was creeping me out. That's fair. Um, but on to Frills. Uh, what were 
some of the things we found kind of catching in a good way. Um, so the shared dream I thought was fantastic. Uh, I really like that everyone is acknowledging it now. All the Silver Millennium people, uh, are, anyway, you know, like, of course the villains aren't talking back to them about it, but still, you know, they're doing it, which is good. Um, Small Lady shared the power of the legendary Silver Crystal with Hotaru, and that was really sweet. Uh, the tenderness from Haruka towards Usagi was interesting and unexpected to me, and it left, or, no, it didn't leave me anything. It felt very sincere, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, and then at the, uh, at the recital, I love all the evening wear. I especially like how Mamoru basically just left his cape and hat and mask home. Um, but he's in the same tuxedo. Yeah, like, he, he did that back in the first season, like, when he first meets Usagi. He's just, he just walks around in a tuxedo sometimes. That's right, I, I mean, remember this that is, now. this is at least appropriate for him to be wearing it, but, yeah, no, <laughs> like, that's just his actual clothes when he's being tuxedo mask. He just walks around in that sometimes because he's a giant nerd. And it's, and I love him for it. Um... So then, uh, Minako pulling an Usagi with her Sailor V compact and then, or in like the accompanying Sailor V music that was with that was really fantastic. Yeah, I, I loved everyone's formal wear, but I especially loved Chibiusa's like cute little, like checker dress. It was super cute and it suits her so well, like to the point where I almost feel like it's something out of like an art book illustration. Oh. Like some something that Takeuchi drew her in that was just kind of pulled for this. Um, but that's that's just kind of like a gut instinct where like I feel like I've seen that dress before and I can't, you know, from memory point to an illustration it would have come from. Um, but it was just a really cute look on her. Um, Chibiusa healing Hotaru uh, with the crystal was so sweet. And it just it really shows how much Chibiusa has already grown that now she's able to actually utilize the power of the crystal to help others. Um, Miyako overall was a treasure in this episode. <laughs> Just being really excited about pop culture and idols and sneaking out of the violin recital to go to Mimi's idol show for fun, even if it turns out that is, you know, where the bad guy stuff was happening and her sneaking off is what ended up saving the day. Um... She just did it for funsies, and I thought that was adorable, and I love how much she's getting to do that uh, this season. Uh, so, quotable quotes. Uh, what are our best or worst lines of the episode? Uh, I would definitely have to say, um, Haruka to Usagi outside of Crown Games, your friends told me to stay away from you. I didn't plan to come here, but I missed you. It was cute, especially for Haruka. Um, mine was, I got tickets from Michiru. I was going to come with you, Usa, but you said you had tickets, uh, which was Mamoru to Usagi outside of the recital uh, when he and Shibiusa run into Usagi and the other girls. Um, it just, the look on his face is really what makes it. He just seemed, like, just so happy that he does actually get to see it with her. He's like, I wanted to do this this nice, like, romantic date, but then you got tickets and decided to go with your friends, so I brought our daughter. But also, you're here! Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was cool overall. Yeah, uh, so, on to the Inquisition. 
uh, our first question. Uh, actually, oh, did you I'll read this. these? Yeah, sure. But I just have to add, I really love that they all sat together. That made me yes, so happy. Yes, I, I was really excited that they all got to sit together, <laughs> and then Minako left. Yeah, she and somehow she... no one noticed because she was in the middle. I don't think oh. she was on the end. I think she was between people, and I I don't know. Maybe she told Ami that she was going to the bathroom or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that is good, though. Uh, okay, so, uh, in the helicopter, Michiru told Small Lady that her mirror is a talisman, but she also said in the last episode that they still have to find the talismans. Not the talisman, singular. Um, what's missing here? Well, for one thing, numbers. There's three talismans, and I mean... Like, that's kind of what we're pointing out here with the singulars and plurals. And even if Michiru acknowledges that her mirror is one of them, there are still two others that need finding. That's a plausible explanation. I guess seeing the hand mirror and sword together in the credits led me to jump to the conclusion that the two items... Well, I just thought they were their weapons, but now I think they're their talismans, or the talismans. Um, But they are also shown fighting with them, and that hasn't happened yet either, so I don't actually know what is going on, and I have to guess until it all gets filled in for me. Uh, I don't mind. It's fun to keep, um, like, trying to figure out. I mean, but... you're you're very much on the right track, but with the sword and the mirror, that's still only two items, and there's right. three talismans. So there's definitely... I can't remember the context of the sword if Haruka already has it, or if, like, she gets it at some point. Um... So that's kind of why I didn't acknowledge the sword in my answer, but the that is Haruka's, the sword. Um, but still, there's three, so there's something, there is still one to look for in a place, hmm. somewhere. Alright, that's fair. Okay, so, uh, Mamoru and Usagi are not talking about some issues they're having, and I want to know what that says to you. Um, well, I think Usagi is the one really having the issues, um, and not talking, and what not talking, both of them not talking about it says to me is just, Usagi's young. She doesn't know how to deal with these things. She's seen her future. She knows that, like, she's happily married to him and protecting the galaxy alongside him. And, you know, she lives with their future child every day. So, but now (laughs) this kind of future that she's so incredibly confident in is shaken and, I mean, she's 15, and she doesn't know what to do, and I'm maybe she's just hoping it all blows over, and I can't really hold that against her when she has no reason to know kind of how to properly handle this sort of thing. Is it the right thing to do? No, but, you know, you have to make mistakes to learn from them. I think those are all good points. Uh, the thing I see going on is that they're both so young and ill-equipped to handle everything going on, like you're saying. Um, so, like, you know, you, you did a pretty good job of, like, clarifying what the actual factual situation is. But I want to say that I'm not upset with Usagi or blaming her or Mamoru for what's going on. My issue is that the certainty is shaken, and I'm just feeling badly for them about that. Like, Mamoru had a couple moments this episode where he seemed to me a bit at a loss. Like, he seemed like he wanted to say something to Usagi, but couldn't, and maybe that's because he was just wanting to believe it would be okay, too. This doubt and hurt in silence uh, was punctuated by the fact that I read, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but, like, um, I read at the start of Michiru's recital that they hadn't mentioned anything to each other about going to 
the recital. Not even like a, hey, babe, I, you know, I'm not going to be out tonight or anything. Uh, so it, it, that just kind of worries me. Like, why aren't these people talking? Yeah, well, he he knew she was going uh, with the girls because he saw her give them the tickets. That's true. Which is why he then took Chibiusa. And there were a couple of moments where he got kind of worried, but I think it was more he's very confused kind of by the distress that he sees her in. Um, and it's not so much that he th- kind of thinks anything is shaken between them. He just knows something is wrong and, you know, he should probably ask her about it. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of on him too, but, you know, I don't know how many relationships he's had before this. Probably not many. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's significantly older. He's a college student, but like, also orphaned at, you know, age eight or whatever, Yeah, so, right? I mean, he's, he does, he is not exactly the most social. <laughs> um, so it's just, I think it's just a thing they don't know how to handle it, and they'll make their mistakes and learn from it, and, you know, be stronger for it when they're kind of ruling the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's really funny. Um, so, uh, question three, do you think that Haruka feels something for Usagi, and do you think she's taken by surprise by that? I mean, she's clearly, she clearly feels something, uh, I don't think it's the something, something that the question implies. Um, I mean, look at our inner girls and how far they've come due to their contact with Usagi. Um, like, I made an example of Ami, uh, in the first episode of this arc, um, it's almost impossible not to be drawn in by her and to just want to open up to her because of the way that Usagi is. And Haruka is a very closed-off person, and I think she's kind of surprised by the idea that she even wants to be around Usagi, much less, like, talk to her and have any kind of relationship with her, you know, platonic or otherwise. I'm there with you. I, I feel like maybe that kiss backfired and is tripping up Haruka now as much as or more than it did with Yus- with Usagi. Um, I think Haruka is quite surprised that uh, drawing so close to Usagi, even if it was like just to reconnoiter her and figure out what her deal was, has stirred something within her. Um, okay, next question. Uh, Usagi, Mamoru, and Chibu suspend so much time apart and acting independently to bring together the disparate elements of the overall plot. Is that just in, um, in the interest of utility, or is Takuchi pulling the skinos apart uh, for the tension? I mean, some degree of it, particularly with Usagi and her situation with Haruka and Mamoru, and to a degree her interpretation of Mamoru and Michiru, is very much in the interest of dramatic tension. Um, But Chibiusa is kind of growing and exploring her own agency as an individual for the first time, instead of, you know, as her mother's daughter. Um, So she's kind of making her own choices, helping people by her own decision, and there's a tension in that, yes, but, you know, her relationship to her parents isn't much of a factor in it. It's more, you know, she's growing as a person and a character and driving in a different section of the plot than Usagi and Mamoru are at the moment. Um, so it, she kind of has her own separate tension, I think. Okay. I wonder how much of, you know, this giving me pause is that she's a small lady and, you know, I know my own small lady or two and it 
worries me. Um, to see her running around on her own. <laughs> um, so like, I, I hope that it's all being done for their growth. Um, I feel like the tension being built here is like an exercise for all of them. You know, you need to overcome resistance and struggle to accomplish things as part of getting stronger. And it, uh, I'm, I can see that being the case for Usagi and Mamoru's relationship. And like, you know, again, you outlined it pretty well. That's what's happening with Chibusa as a person. So. It's good. And, you know, her eventual relationship, I'm sure. Um, okay, so, question five. How do you like the fighting debut of uh, Neptune and Uranus? I think it speaks a lot to who they are at the, at the core of their being, that the introduction of their action was acting to protect. They didn't jump in and destroy an enemy, they jumped in to block a shot at Chibiusa. I mean, Neptune and Uranus are very much soldiers, and they very much prioritize their mission above pretty much everything that isn't each other at this point. Um, so I feel like the nature of their entrance as combatants is kind of very symbolic to something deeper uh, in the two of them, and I'm looking forward to how Crystal will kind of unfold all of that. Uh, I thought it was very cool. Uh, Uranus seems super powerful, and Neptune reminds me of Mercury with how she provided defense. Um, Mercury has more offensive magic in Crystal, as I understand it, um, and the fact that uh, it is just Mitru and Haruka gives me confidence that she'll be able to unleash some great attacks, too. Uh, that is accurate, yes, that Ami was more, like, defensive and... Yeah, Ami generally had a lot of kind of mystery. She had a lot of um, attacks that, you know, clouded the area or, you know, caught people off guard. Whereas now she did eventually develop some more offensive attacks. Um, okay. Yeah, Ami is very much more um, kind of on defense. Uh she has kind of aqua mist or other attacks that kind of set everyone else up that kind of distract the enemy or block the enemy. And then everyone else can kind of run in and attack, uh, even though she does have her share of offensive attacks, which that's pretty cool to think about. Cause it kind of links back to her being, you know, chess master and, uh, gives her a strategic angle. And like with what we've seen from her, so far here, she's used her goggles a couple times to, like, analyze the enemy and says, you know, watch out for this or attack here or whatever. And uh that's a really cool, important role. And again, like, I know I, I went on about it last time about how cool it is that all the girls have different roles that they can fill um in the fighting and they're not just all one thing. Uh But the dynamism is really cool. Um, well... I think we should get going, right? I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's really all for uh, Act Twenty Nine, Episode Thirty. All right, um, our work is done here. Yes, right? <laughs> for whatever we did. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, uh, go ahead and <laughs> subscribe to uh, Moonspeak if you haven't yet. It's good stuff. It's going to be coming out weekly, and you can. Find Moonspeak on trialofheroes.wordpress.com along with all our other uh, Toe Network stuff. 
Uh, there's a Common Writer show up there talking about Ghost right now. There's Writer Jump, which talks about anything and everything tangentially related to Common Writer. And there's Laser Knees, which talks about Super Sentai and specifically those Sentai Zero-Ger right now. Yes. Uh, so we should have uh, shows for those two out later this week. Um, you know, Toku God's willing if the ghost subs come out. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to pray to appease them. <laughs> I I might because I've heard this episode is very good. Ah. Uh. Okay. Well, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>